Hey everybody, welcome back to the Soul Society Podcast. Happy to be here with you in 2021. My name is Dustin, happy to be here with you as always. In today's episode, I'll give you a weekly recap of the events that transpired. And also, we're going to be diving into a new topic today, Lies of Society, Part 1. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let the show begin. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Soul Society Podcast. Thank you so much for returning in. New listeners, thank you so much for checking us out. As always, we love you guys. Congratulations on surviving the first week of 2021. And what a week this actually turned out to be. I mean, from start to finish, we did not skip a beat. We came in guns blazing. The world was on fire this week. I mean, shout out to the world just not even taking the time to ease into it. We just went straight in. So looking back at the events this week, uh, we're obviously going to have to touch on them a little bit. Uh, But if you guys missed anything about that in particular day, January 6th, uh, we just had an episode 1.5. Now, going into this week, um, you know, we kind of all were just hoping to ease into it, hoping to find that rhythm because there's always a weird transitional period between Christmas and New Year's. And then when you get into the new year, it's all like, all right, I got to get started. But where do I start? How do I start? What do I do? There's always this constant flow that everybody has to find themselves in. It's a funk, really. But we start with the biggest news story of the week. Uh, Trump supporters rushed and rioted in what is now being labeled as an attempted coup by domestic terrorists. Won't touch too much into that, but for a better recap, like I said, I invite you guys to check out episode 1.5 with the people fresh off of what we witnessed myself and the voices of Say What Needs Saying podcast, Zach and Brandon, broke down all the events and we shared our thoughts about the following turmoil that ensued on January 6th. Thoughts go out to the families of now five people that lost their life. Following all this chaoticness and all this craziness that ensued, President-elect, as we already knew he would be, was certified by Congress and won the election twice. Now, I think we're good there. I think we understand who the next president's going to be. Doesn't mean I like the guy, but we'll see what he does. On top of everything that happened, social media giants, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram collectively dismissed and banned Trump's accounts, which honestly, I think that guy can probably afford a break. I don't think I mind that one person in my timeline so much anymore that keeps constantly posting photos of her kids and her dogs every 20 seconds. I'd much rather deal with that, have Trump in a timeout, because obviously people are worshiping this guy like he's a god and will go to the ends of the earth for him. Now, stepping away from all of that news and all of those issues, some news maybe you didn't know that maybe you care about, maybe you don't, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. I found this really interesting. Jeff Bezos is no longer world-renowned Daddy Warbucks. He has been surpassed by Elon Musk, who is now worth, as of right now, $194.8 billion, which is $9.5 billion more than Bezos. For those of you that don't know Elon Musk, he's the guy behind Tesla and I'm sure many other great achievements, but that's the one he's best known for. You know, he's that guy that will probably have the Jetsons cartoon looking more like a reality than we thought. Shout out to Hanna-Barbera for my wonderful childhood. 
Bloomberg. Thank you for helping me out with the math. Shout out to Bloomberg. That's where I got the credit. You guys can check out the article over there. And someone else that may want to do the math, keep up with his shit, is Kanye. That's right, Kanye West. Because there is trouble in his marriage as it surely is going to come to an end after reports him and but too big to ignore Kim Kardashian's marriage is almost more than certainly over. I almost said murder, now that would be wild, but no, their marriage is reportedly over. There's no murder. Now, kind of digging into the Hollywood trend, isn't that the common thing for Hollywood marriages these days? I mean, I think they're really lucky to have made it this far in their line of work in their marriage. So, hey, I mean, it happens. People fall out of love, people cheat, all that good stuff, you know. Not going to get too far into my feelings, but on your COVID fronts, not surprised here that many people are saying these new variants aren't going to hold up to these current vaccines. Now, that's what some people are saying. On the other side of that, companies are rushing to test this out to see what needs to be done and if they can be effective. Now, as records are continuing to be broken on a number of cases that continue to go up, you know, I think the uh, the UK just had their their highest number of reported cases. They're back in the lockdown. Shout out to my friends over there in Europe. Thinking about you guys. Hang in there. Now, over here in the US, though, Joe Biden came out today and released that he is going to not hold back. All doses for known vaccines will get to everyone and they will finally get their hands on it. That's his goal. Like I said in episode one, his main plan, one of his main plans is first 100 days, 50 million Americans vaccinated within his first 100 days. He's probably going to try to shoot that number up now just to try to stop the bleeding a little bit. Oh, and I heard that Caillou was finally canceled. Thank God. What a god awful show that was. And the last hot topic that I heard about recently going into the weekend is that Monday, the Senate and House Congress will meet to see if Donald Trump can be the first person ever to be impeached twice in one presidency. But as we get ready to jump into our main topic today, as you know, it's Lies of Society, part one. We're going to be digging in to the world of rich versus poor. yes money how many times a day have you ever thought about money I mean it's a pretty common subconscious thought 25% of people in America think about money all the time only 19% of people think that they actually make enough now money either you have it or you don't money tends to be on everybody's mind and it's normal because you need money to have some of the basic needs in life. However, there's a huge gap between the upper and lower classes income. Although in the last few decades since the 1970s household income has risen, we still see economic inequality or income inequality. Now I'm sure you've heard the phrase that if you work hard you'll succeed and you'll be alright. Well that's not true for everyone. And society really doesn't seem to care that that phrase is a lie. Not everyone has the same access to the things that higher income populace has. Not everybody starts out on the same field, on the same level. Let's start with education. 
It's important, right? Learn basic math, how to speak, somewhat accurate accounts of history. Your first real introduction to social life starts in school as a kid. Now the overall goal of school is to have you smarter so that you might be able to make it into the real world. Well, I mean, that's a good goal, but, you know, even though these are the typical pictures that come into your mind when you think about school, something that we haven't really thought about is the gap in education. There's a huge educational gap between different classes of income. Education inequality is a real thing, and it needs to be examined closer. For example, let's say you live in a place with poor land value low-income neighborhood, and you go to your public school that's in that district. Well, that district probably isn't as well-funded as a place with higher land value. Nearly half the schools in the U.S. are funded through local taxes, generating large gaps between wealthy and impoverished communities. Now, if you live in a place with higher land value, more taxes are paid. Your school gets better funding and that typically will result in a better education. Now you're probably thinking, well, why don't they just get more money? Why doesn't the federal government fund them more? Well, there's many different theories behind this, but if you ask society, one of the common theories is they want to keep the classes the way they are. It's a balance. Another argument is there's not enough money in the world. Well. There's actually plenty of money in the world. Just not enough people that want to try to incite any kind of change for these communities. So what do we see some of these poorer communities do in order to kind of help out their balance? Maybe give themselves some more funding. Well, they take away things like sports, take away things like art, music. And now on top of the already limited education or the lesser education in higher income populous areas, they don't even have access to the fun activities of school anymore. Can you imagine going to school today without having PE, without having an art class, where you can make a cool painting, take it home to your mom, and then when you turn 18 and you and your mom go through the stuff, she finds it and says, wow, that was bad. Yeah, shout out to my mom. Thanks for breaking my heart. Picasso, I am not. Now, you're probably thinking, well, if the education around somebody's area is so bad, they could just move, right? Well, you can try, but unless you're among the higher income, you might have noticed over the last few years, housing costs have actually been turning upwards to 25% more for middle and low income houses. While on the upper side of the class is seeing a housing trend downward around 10%. Now this may not seem like much, but when you're barely getting by, the last thing you want to do is pay more on anything while floating around on the same income. Now why is this? Why would somebody making less need to pay more while the higher income houses are paying less than they did a decade ago? Renters alone probably know what I'm talking about. Some of the highest rising costs per housing is among renters. Now, in reference to housing, well, property taxes skyrocket for those of lesser income, but yet we see all these tax breaks for the higher class. So that kind of explains why the rich are paying less and the 
middle and lower classes are paying more. But when you're a renter, for example, you're kind of at the mercy of your property. They can do whatever they want with the prices. So what do we know thus far? Well, we know education is based on land value and that community's taxes because half its funding is half federal and the other half is local tax. But it's kind of hard to increase their land value with the surrounding community barely being able to afford their housing. Now we could relate this to people's personal choices and jobs and things in that nature, but that's not the focus here. Granted, some people have made poor life choices and they do it to themselves. However, there's an even bigger percentage of those people in these communities that are just trying to survive. Now imagine you're on your last leg and you think maybe moving to a place with less population might be able to benefit you more. Well, you may have just put yourself into an even trickier situation than you were before. Moving to less populated areas, you have less access to businesses, less access to healthcare, less access to a lot of things that you may have in a higher populous area. Now me, I grew up in a lower populated area and I moved around a lot, but I didn't really see the difference and didn't really notice the difference until I moved from around the surrounding Atlanta area down to where I graduated high school in a small town called Crawfordville, Florida. Now, if you've never been to Crawfordville, Florida, it's in Wakulla County. And for those of you that don't know where that is, south of Tallahassee. And for those of you that don't know the capital of Florida, that's the capital of Florida. There's your geography lesson for the day. I never really noticed the difference until I took a step back, and especially after I graduated. I compared and contrasted the two cities that I grew up in. And there's a lot of differences between rural communities and city communities. Even your outer cities, surrounding metro area. For example, in Wakulla County, there's one high school. And the main attraction of there is Walmart. Yeah, that's your big store. Now sure, you have your local grocery store and you have a few local restaurants, but you don't have the same access to things. Now that's not taking any shots at Wakulla County because if I had it my way, I'd probably buy a house down there. It's a really nice area. But what am I getting at? On top of the gap between higher and lower classes, a lot of people won't have access to some of the most basic needs depending on where they live. Healthcare, especially during COVID, has been harder for these families in rural communities. The drive to major hospitals, for example, if you lived in a small town, then you might have to drive an hour, two hours, to get to a nearest hospital. Now your town might have a clinic. Well, clinics fill up fast. You're not the first person with that idea. Counties can't afford to put up more medical access to a lot of these places because their taxes aren't high enough. They don't generate enough income. Now compare that to living anywhere around Atlanta. You kind of have your pick of the litter when it comes to healthcare. So how does all this tie together? Well, put it together like a series of events. Start as a kid, you get an education, you graduate. Now you gotta choose. You wanna go to college or do you wanna work? Maybe you do both. 
Maybe you choose college. If you come from a lower school district, the competition to get into college might be a harder fight for you or your kids. You choose work then. Like I said, sure, you can pick your job. But without experience, you're limited and the battle to raise your income to try to better yourself becomes harder than others. And depending on where you live, jobs may not be that easy to come by. Meanwhile, there's the ever-growing obstacle of not only maintaining an eye on your housing costs, but your availability to healthcare in that area. Keeping yourself fed, the hunger problem throughout America is consistently growing. Keeping the lights on, on top of all these other costs, yeah, we have to pay for things like water. Pay for things like electricity. Now these are like basic needs. Nothing new, right? I mean, we all know this. We all hear about it growing up through every show that we watch. You know, the water bill's late. Gotta pay the light bill. But did you know that 3 in 10 lower income adults in America right now, they don't have access to smartphones or the internet. Now that alone is kind of crazy, especially when you can walk outside or walk around in a store and just about everybody you see is on a phone or you log onto the internet and just about everybody you know is all in one place. So what's the point of all this? Why am I talking about this? Well, there's a huge gap, ever-growing gap between the classes, and it taps deeper when we look at different ethnic groups throughout the US. Income inequality is a problem. It affects everyone. And this isn't me trying to make you feel bad or guilty because if you got it, you got it. Own the journey you've made for yourself. Especially if you're one of the many people one of the many success stories that we hear, not even a success story, you just busted your ass and you made it. Spread the awareness because society will tell us that it doesn't matter where we come from, when it actually does. Everyone has the same opportunity if they work hard, when not everybody does. This is a live society. And to wrap up the rich versus poor argument, one of the hot topics, the mainstream media favorite, comes up in every single political debate, comes up on the news pretty often, especially as we get ready to enter the spring. The rich versus poor paying taxes. Now we've talked about how housing costs are affected between the rich and the poor, and a part of that is property tax. But why is it that somebody working at Walmart, working a simple nine to five, maybe making about $12, $13 an hour, I don't really know how much Walmart's paying these days, has to pay more in taxes than somebody working at Microsoft, who's on a set salary. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But here are the biggest reasons why rich people pay less taxes than your middle and lower class. And it wasn't always like this. Back in the 1950s and 1960s, even into some parts of the 70s, we saw rich people paying a higher tax rate, which made sense. You make more money, you pay more taxes. But nowadays in our modern world, a lot of these richer families and a lot of these higher class families get away with it because a lot of their income isn't tax-based. 
because it comes from capital, investments, stock, trade, bonds. They fluctuate all their money into these things that have significantly lower tax rates than somebody that may be like you or me, simply working a regular job. I guess the old phrase, the old uh, saying goes, it pays to be rich. I guess maybe it does. But think about how we can improve this though. Think about how if we had the same education growing up, maybe if we didn't learn about Pythagorean theorem and imaginary numbers, how different the world would be. If we were actually taught economics the right way, taught how to invest stock bonds and all that stuff think about how equal everything might be now even then it probably still wouldn't change because we still have the problem between different ethnics and race but i think that these need to be steps that we should probably take towards balancing everything out say you did get a good education but you can barely afford your house you don't have money to invest you don't have money to try to make yourself richer no matter where you go there is limited access for certain things and society won't tell you this they'll say that they're working on it and they'll say that everybody has these equal opportunities however at the end of the day the proof is in the pudding and I love pudding but I don't see any pudding being put forward from our society these days don't lie to me about pudding don't tell me there's gonna be pudding when there's no pudding So as always, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Soul Society Podcast. This has been Lies of Society, Part 1, Rich versus Poor. I hope you guys found this somewhat educational, informative, kind of entertaining. It really opens your eyes when you kind of look at the world, makes you grateful for what you have. I invite you guys all back, as later on this week we'll be releasing Episode 3. Lies of Society, Part 2 will come out probably next month, so look forward to that. And do you guys know any other lies of society? Something maybe you want to hear about? Something maybe you think needs to be discussed? Well, cool. Hit us up on social media. Stay in tune with the show. You guys can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soul Society Podcast. Type it in and there we will be. And just announced this weekend, at least I just found out, we're now on iHeartRadio. Which is pretty freaking cool because I didn't know if we would ever get approved for that. So have a great week. Kick some ass, take some names, and as always, stay soulless. Oh, behave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold sets up.